That's right. It's not a transaction, you know. It's it's everything. It's the lifeblood of being human, you know. And when we lose that, we it becomes a transaction, right? It becomes something, you know, other than uh, what it's meant to be, which is a spirit. The art is the spirit of hospitality. Welcome to Matamo, a podcast where we explore with you and our guests travel topics that push the boundaries and celebration of the human experience. I'm your co-host, Bob Spurl, here in Chicago, alongside digitally my co-host, Greg Traverso, out in Stockton, California. How are you doing, Greg? I'm doing great, Bob. Is there anything I can get you? Um, you're thirsty? I'll get you a glass of water. <laughs> it's almost like we're going to talk about hospitality <laughs> today. <laughs> well, hey, man. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's a lost, it's if a you want to get me, uh, get me one of those beers we talked about in, in Kenya, that'd be nice. I'll take a beer too. I, you, you posted one of those pictures on Instagram a couple months ago. It looked so good. It was like a Friday, Friday happy hour picture. I, I liked it. But hospitality, um, this is a great topic, Greg. I mean, there's a lot to discuss and so much about what what you do for your curated trips from Atamo is, is, is that hospitality baked in that experience. And, you know, today we wanted to talk about kind of what that looks like um, specific to African travel. You know, I think we'll, we'll go a little bit into sort of hospitality's meaning and concept because um, I think we kind of gloss over it. And Greg, you, we talked about this as we were preparing for the show. There's a lot that goes into hospitality and, and fascinating kind of, the meaning and, and the concept in general. Um, and so maybe we can start there. I mean, just sort of exploring what this concept of hospitality means. I mean, Greg, you are, uh, you're sort of our, our travel sage. <laughs> so, so tell me a bit about, you know, kind of, you did a little bit of research, what, what, you know, fill me in on sort of the, the origins of hospitality as a, as a, as a term that we use. Well, I actually, we didn't talk about this, but I really do think it goes back to you know primordial instincts and time and, and surviving and I mean when when a stranger would come through you know even looking back to antiquity you know a stranger would come through that was you know the news of of the village of the cave you know even further back like that was possible threat that was um kind of a reaction people you know didn't have all the distractions we have in our day and age and their survival was dependent on that judgment of, and but it was also very, very much a part of the human experience was to invite that person if it, if they deemed him or I guess her to be safe, you know they would be welcomed into the house and they actually into the home. They actually couldn't like question them about who they were, where they come from. That was like not part of the conversation in many of the cultures until they actually ate a meal. So they would sit down and eat, and then the questions would come. And it was a source of news. This was how people got their news was from strangers coming through. You know, it had developed through all the ancient, you know, customs and so forth. It was, it's really hard for us as modern, you know, folks to kind of grasp, I think, especially where we live, you know, the importance of hospitality in life. It, you know, in many religions, it's actually in the fiber of the religion. It's a requirement, you know, in, in many religions to the point where you, you're not just expected. I mean, you're required to 
be hospitable to strangers. And some cultures, like in Islam, I mean, that is like a tenet of their almsgiving is, a, is one of the pillars that the whole religion stands on. And of course, Christianity, Buddhism, every major religion has aspects of it. Uh, so it's really a fascinating thing. It goes back to you know, the word hospitality itself goes back to hospice. I think I'm saying that right, or hospice, H-O-S-P-E-S. It's kind of just means the visitor or the stranger that has its roots, you know, deep, deep in, in really in ancient history. I mean, the, the term hospice or hospitality, uh, you, you mentioned it a little, little bit too. It's like we kind of take it for granted. It's become its own industry now. I mean, which understandable, but the original origins of it, it sounds like it's just sort of as a way of life and something you do because you're human. Yeah, that's right. It's not a transaction, you know, it's, it's everything. It's the lifeblood of being human, you know, and when we lose that, we, it becomes a transaction, right? It becomes something, you know, other than uh, what it's meant to be, which is a spirit, you know, it's just the spirit of hospitality. You know, I don't know. I mean, I want to keep things on the positive, but I do feel very, very often in places I go, you know, in this country, I very often don't feel welcomed in the kind of way that, you know, we all like to be welcomed, you know, like we should. And so I really do think it's lacking here in, in, in so many ways. You know, and that first encounter that we have, that kind of, that that's very important in the industry. And it's obviously travel and hospitality is like a $3 trillion industry in the world, you know, in a normal year. And growing. So I think, you know, in Africa alone, I think in 2019, there was something like 67 million people traveling to Africa. It's the biggest year. It's contributing majorly to the GNP of the continent. Uh, you know, it's the second fastest growing continent as far as growth and travel up till this last year, you know, as we, we all know. I mean, it was decimated. There's the GNP down, you know, 12% of the economy of many of the countries of Africa. Uh, then you got places like the Seychelles, where we also visit, you know, 90% tourism because it's an island nation. Fiji down 24%. Italy, Spain, Mexico around that. Yeah, so the, the it's majorly impacted. But back to hospitality and the key aspect of that is it's just acknowledging each other's humanity. You know, I mean, that's just like, that's the base of life. So we lose that, we lose, we lose a lot. I mean, that's, that's, yeah, at its depths, that's, it's about meeting people at a human level. And talk to me about East African hospitality, Greg. You know so much about it. I mean, what is it, you know, take some of our listeners who maybe haven't been, what is, what is hospitality looks like in the places in which uh, your organization, Matamo, plans trips? Talk, talk, talk to me about that a little bit. I'm curious. Well, it's very difficult to describe because other than what I've kind of said before in terms of that well it's a feeling you know it's a feeling so it's something that you know it's like innate there people are welcoming in a way to anticipate your needs to you know uh to, they understand it because it's well it's their lifeblood for their you know the local economy and but it's not staged it's genuine and you know Anyone that's been there on safari, you know, with us, it will say it's always the people. And it's very often kind of some of the major contact they have is with the lodge staff, right? And 
they're just genuine and they're you know just wonderful when you pull up there often there's a you know they're singing to us and you know there's nice cold uh washcloths and it's kind of that old you know world feel you know that you wash your hands and and you're given a little pawpaw juice or you know, something to drink and they're kind of welcomed into their world and the safari is not just seeing animals it's an entire experience and that hospitality that spirit of just care is permeates you know the entire experience so talk to me you mentioned some of the extras that you see the the added touch that's just part of the part of the experience but you know what is what is some of the uh some of the lodging like what you know how does that film form into hospitality because you know when i think of hospitality i kind of think of where i'm staying where i'm you know where i'm being served and so what does that look like sure well you know obviously in the cities and the city center there's very nice hotels and you know all kinds of different uh, types on the edges there tends to be more maybe a lodge or something but really I think you're probably meaning like in the safari parks where people spend the majority of the time they're going on an African safari. Obviously, yeah. that's different if it's business, uh, but very nice places, I mean, uh, in the city. But when you get out into the bush, you know, typically you either drive in or more likely we, we fly a lot so that we save the time. We'd like to have one longer drive to experience the countryside and everything. But as far as getting inside the park, we fly in there and there'll be remote lodges, tenant camps that are just like, you know, just unbelievable. And then there's also, you know, some different types of, of camps, including mobile camps. So let me just talk to that just for a minute. So lodges are larger, you know, hold, you know, 100 people or whatever. They're, they're larger. The tenant camps tend to be more boutique in general, extremely comfortable in these tenant canvas tents that are just beautiful with a your own veranda to yourself and just it's that old you know safari feel to it and you can take it a further these smaller camps that are in very very unique settings that we also stay at maybe along the river or you know and you would have maybe five to ten of these tents with a very welcoming small staff and you're really cared for you know like that that means even at the end of the evening you're walked to your tent because there's wild animals out there. And so the Maasai, they're known as the Askari and, you know, the guards, and they will, they'll have their bow and arrow, they'll have their, you know, spear, they'll be like, these are not for show, these are to, you know, take you after dinner, after some cocktails or whatever, you're walking back to your tent, they'll go with you, make sure you're okay, you know, and they're experts of experts when it comes to the animals. And we've had all kinds of experiences and, you know, all the the various trips that, you know, we've taken where we've seen animals at night. And there's a few times I was glad there was an Iskari with us. Just, it is something that's, uh, you know, you realize you're out in nature and you do feel very safe because of it. And then there's mobile camps and mobile camps tend to set up where the animals are. So like with the migration, they would set up, you know, in a time of the year, maybe in the Serengeti where the animals would be calving or they'd be in an area where they're migrating towards the river or and so forth. And then there's, of course, resorts that are, you know, along the coast in particular, um, and then hotels, but not in the safari parks. You can find lodges and, and these types of camps. Now, I'll have to say as a backpacker originally, you know, there's also very much budget camps where you're staying in a, a canvas tent, but it's extremely budget 
level, you know. So there's there is a wide range. We we stay at the nice deluxe safari camps that give that people that kind of experience so they can just have the best of the best when it comes down to their time. Cause it might be their one trip to Africa and they want to maximize their experience. I mean, Greg, you know my wife. She's not going to do backpacking, right? <laughs> when, we, when we get over there, you, you know, you know, Deanna, we, we, you and I, we've talked about this with her. We're, 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 yes. we're not going to, we're, we're going to have the, you know, the, the hospitality, right? The pamper lifestyle. Oh, I got that uh, wrong. I thought, I thought you said that she wants to experience <laughs> the most rugged side. <laughs> she wants to climb Mount Kilimanjaro. You say it? No, I, I don't think so. I, I don't see the. She would be that. so well taken care of that she's not going to want to leave, and I can almost promise you that. That's funny. Uh, it's okay. We talked about lodging, but the other thing that comes to mind, you know, I, I'm a son of a uh, father who spent 40 plus years in hospitality. My, my dad, I don't know if I ever told you this, but he designed bars for a living. So I was around, you know, beer and drinks in Wisconsin where I'm from. And that's in Wisconsin, the way you show you're hospitable is you, you crack open a mirror light when somebody comes to your door, you know, that, that's sort of, <laughs> that's Wisconsin hospitality. So I think of food, I think of drink, I think of, you know, what does that look like, you know, when, when you're, when you're staying? Cause that's, that's what I think of hospitality. I think of what I'm, what I'm eating, what I'm enjoying. Yeah. Yes. I, you know, that's, it's a big question people have and the food is delicious. It's fresh. It's awesome. It doesn't, it's not terribly elaborate though at some of the fancier lodges and, and camps, you can have pretty, you know, uh, unique meals, but generally, you know, you have two, two types. You have what's known as plate service. Plate surface, you know, you're going to have a couple different options. You can order off the menu and then you have buffet. The lodges tend to be more buffet and the buffets are, you know, you know, there's meats and soups and the salads and, you know, uh, you have a pasta station. Usually you also would have like a South Asian corner of the buffet, you know, with vegetable curries and rice. Uh, and you would have for morning, you would have a omelet made to order omelet and eggs, bacon, cereals, you know, yogurts. And then there would be an African section as well that usually will have the local Ugali beef stew, Sukuma wiki, you know, the, the, the staples of, of East Africa. And uh, so the smaller tenant camps oftentimes are plate service. So that would be like the kind of covers the luncheon, uh, sorry, the um, breakfast and dinner, but lunches, it depends if you're out in the bush all day, which would, then you could bring a picnic lunch and typically we will set up under a tree, you know, kind of with a nice wide view of what's around us. So, you know, the, the guides can keep a lookout for animals, obviously, but we, you know, you kind of set up that British style picnic almost with a table, a tablecloth, and you have a lunch under a tree and things are brought up in containers. Uh, it's kind of like a elaborate picnic style tables and chairs. It's a nice way to be outside and, you know, it might be sort of little bitings, as they're called, where we call them appetizers. And it just kind of harkens us back to kind of maybe those British, you know, kind of settler days of, of on safari a bit. But very nice. And also there's sundowners in the evening. So you can have a bush dinner as well where they set up in the bush. And oh, that's quite nice. Watch the sunset. And um yeah, so it's the the food is is delicious, and I should say, really, you know, it is grown. A lot of it's grown right there in the lodges. You wouldn't believe the greens and the food stuff that comes out of uh, of this. It's very fresh, very organic, and uh, it's wonderfully prepared. The chefs are trained, and you know, in Nairobi, for example, there and 
And just uh, people have asked me before, where does the food come from itself? Well, I mentioned the homegrown nature of it, the organic part that they'll, they'll grow, and that's more and more popular. But also, you know, trucked in a couple of times a week, if not more, sometimes flown in, but mostly by truck. Like in Nairobi, there's a yeah, there's a provision store that a lot of the safari operators go to, and they have contracts with them, and they get all of the supplies, including you know everything, the vegetables and the meats and the wines and you know beer and, and you just buy everything, and it's shipped out in refrigerated trucks. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have fresh fish is, is brought in, uh, and uh, it's quite quite delicious and healthy, and it's awesome. When you're there, coffee or tea for you, Greg, or a bit of both. What's your What's your no coffee? Yeah, I'm, I'm a coffee guy. I you know I love it in the morning when they will bring you a cup, you know, to your veranda. And, it, so you know. is it is it coffee? Is it Kenyan coffee? I mean, I know I'm. I sound so. I mean, is that where is it? Is it usually actually from Kenya directly, or what? What's the? Yeah, Kenya's big yeah. or Tanzania or Rwanda. Yeah. So the coffee yeah. is one of it's the lo- staples. relatively regional local. Yeah. Yeah. One of the major crops, you know, yeah. I think in, in Kenya, after, you know, tourism is, is huge. And then there's, uh, there's actually cotton and um, lots of tea and coffee and throughout the region. So we often will go to a coffee plantation, take a tour, really even just pull over on the side of the road and walk through. And how is it traditionally, yeah, so, how is it served in Kenya? What's the traditional coffee served in Kenya? It usually comes uh, kind of British style. Okay. That's awesome. Yeah. I, I think the, um, you know, thanks for kind of painting that picture of, of what the food might look like. Cause you know, I, I think it's not maybe the first thought people have when they're thinking of a trip to East Africa. So it's kind of nice to give that mental image of what food's going to look like too on, on a, on an East African trip. And, and, I, re- and I really yeah. should, excuse me. I would say just to tie it back to hospitality, like yeah. right, food and hospitality, they, they, they go really hand in hand. That's like, and that's one of the greatest experiences there is the, is the food, is the eating, is the sitting mm-hmm. down, is the joking around with the waiters who are, it's all genuine. <laughs> we were staying at one place. There's one place in particular up in Samburu. Uh, and I've seen this elsewhere where there'll be, uh, there'll be a, an Ascari kind of during lunch. And he has a slingshot that he holds like to keep the monkeys away. He actually just points at him. I've never seen him really shoot at him, but they pull <laughs> pull the slingshot back and the monkeys will come so they don't steal your food off your table. So, you know, monkeys are often around. It's also very much a part of the entertainment. <laughs> so I've eaten my food. I'm, I'm staying at, at a lodge or camp, but I'm still thinking about those amazing animals that I see in pictures, right, Greg? So are, am, I, am I seeing them here? You know, when I when I'm staying, uh, what, what's that like? Because the ant that you know, maybe unintentionally, I feel like that nature is a, a part of hospitality is also sort of the experience. So, are you seeing those kind of wild animals when you're when you're in lodges and camps? You do. It depends on the setting and depends on the particular lodge. Obviously, mm-hmm. very often you're on a bluff or an area where you can look down and you can sit there on your veranda and look out and see animals, sometimes like little dots. Sometimes you can see herds. 
down below and, you know, in the valleys and uh, along the river. So it depends all on the setting and location. But I mentioned already the safety aspect because you do have animals that will come through camp at times, you know, so... But yeah, so you could see it. And obviously, you get in your safari vehicle early in the morning. We like to be one of the first, if not the first, vehicles inside the park because, you know, that's the golden time, the golden light, like to get those golden opportunities to take <laughs> photos of, of animals. Uh, and, and really, just even if you're not a photographer, just to enjoy the, the activity because that's when animals hunt. You'll notice with your house cats that, you know, they're most active in the early morning, <laughs> dawn and dusk, you know. Um, Mm-hmm. are the time periods and when they're most most active yes you, you we have lots of stories and lots of experiences uh my wife actually susan has one time they were taking a walk in navasha we were staying at a lodge and on her way uh, with her sister-in-law kim they were walking along and they came across this host of animals like zebras and giraffe and they were like walking through these kind of trees open area right in front of them and they were all alone and they just watched this scene it was just spectacular um i think on the last safari giraffes had just come through they actually saw giraffes in the morning in camp so you never know quite what you're going to see so hospitality um the from the food to the lodging to the camp it, it sort of feels like it's it defines what what a trip to, to east africa is i mean right like hospitality sort of embedded in every step of the way would you say that, Greg? It is. And, you know, service is kind of that. I've heard it said, like, the nobility of living, right? Like, serving. And, you know, people want to be served, you know, when they're going on vacation of all walks of life. When you go and you've been working all year long, you know, you want to be taken care of, you know. And in Africa, in East Africa, where we, we go, you know, it's so apparent that it's valued. It's genuine and a lot of fun. We love that aspect of it. So, Greg, you know, before we go, I was thinking we've been talking about food and lodging and and this concept of hospitality in East Africa, but you've done so many trips. You've guided so many groups. Is there a story that comes to mind that sort of encapsulates this idea of hospitality in East Africa? Something that you just sort of harken back to and say, like, that's that's what hospitality is all about. I'm curious if you've got one of those stories we can end with. You know, there's so many whirling around in my mind. It's kind of omnipresent, you know, whether you're, you know, anything you need, anything can can happen, can be taken care of. It's just done with such the right tact. There was a time that just came to me when I was with a large group that I was leading a group, my wife and I were, and we were flying on to Zanzibar. And one of our guides uh, that works with us was going to head back to Nairobi. And he offered to take all the excess baggage back with him. And these were multiple heavy duffel bags. And so he went ahead and just told everybody he would do that. And it was really over the top, but he he was so weighted down, he had to have asked for help along the way. And he took these bags back from Tanzania and Arusha all the way to Nairobi by himself. And not only that, so we go on to Zanzibar. When we get back to Nairobi, everything's just waiting for us. Everything's just completely ready. And in some cases, he had a laundry done for people so that they had fresh clothes and it's all done you know without fanfare and it was just all there and all ready uh one time i had a little surprise i had our main guide in tanzania mofasa he uh, was so gracious one day he surprised us and traveled and this is not an easy trip you know this is like five hours overland 
came overland to join us for dinner as the group got together in Nairobi on our final meal. And he showed up unexpectedly just to see us and say goodbye. So these kind of things are surprises that happen and they happen very frequently. I could go on and on, but there's many and it's rich with hospitality. Yeah. And, and those little, those, uh, those drop-ins and surprises. Yeah. Those are the kind of things that people remember. You know, I think of, I may have talked about this in a previous episode, but uh, you know, I had one of those feelings in Central America where the, the, the fact that, that a family was willing to give, give their bed away to me, you know, that, that to me was just, that's, that's the hospitality, right? Like I want you to have what's best of mine, you know, I, it's just, it's, it's one of those things where you, you know, to be really hospitable and is really to be selfless, you know? Mm. Yeah. That is like the best example I've heard, you know, that is just like, that's pure. That is just the definition of it. Yeah. Well, I don't know about you, Greg, but I'm, I'm ready to, to get some hospitality. I, <laughs> I'm sure, I'm sure, uh, I'm sure we, we all are too, but, uh, but this makes me, this makes me excited and hopefully it makes the folks listening to, you know, wherever they're headed to next, maybe think a little more about hospitality and, and kind of what it means and, and, uh, you know, uh, f- try to find those places that offer that. Um, so Greg, and also, before, yeah, go ahead. Excuse me. And also to, to welcome strangers, right. To a point, yeah. right. Like it is something to consider to help those that we can help, you know, somebody on the side of the road, their battery's dead. You know, it's a bit of a scarcity these days. And uh, so, yeah, it, it has me thinking as well. Be a good neighbor, be hospitable. Um, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's all those things. And Greg, if people are thinking about trips um, and how, you know, what's, What's uh, what's what's it looking like? Like you know, folks are. I know people are eager talking to you and stuff, and and looking ahead to their next East Africa trip. So, I mean, things are things are open, right? I mean, people can take safaris now or later this year or early next year. Yeah, yeah, definitely. The U.S. State Department, the embassy in in Kenya and Nairobi just lifted the heavier ban on on you know warning, and it's come down to the medium level. And you know, you're out in the bush. You're out in the middle. Of the, I mean, it's the safest place you could be. You're in the open air. I mean, don't jump out of the vehicle and take a run. Because, you know. <laughs> well, yeah, whatever the health issues, that's your, yeah, that's going to, you're going to be, <laughs> oh man. Uh, yeah. Maybe, maybe, you know, follow the precautions of the safari. Yeah. That makes sense. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So we'll, we'll set Deanna up very nicely at the, at the finest of places and she's not going to want to leave. You're going to have a problem. Uh, have her climb Mount Kilimanjaro. Her. Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> awesome. Well, Greg, uh, it's been great. And, and as we always tell folks, you know, matamo.travel, M-E-T-A-M-O dot travel. Those of you listening that haven't been to the website, I strongly encourage you to take a look around. It gets you excited about possibilities and we're all feeling that, you know, this the start of the summer season, things are opening up here domestically. And as Greg said, things are opening up worldwide too. So we would, uh, I know Greg would love to, to field calls from folks to looking to, to kind of plan that next trip. And, you know, I know firsthand that everything that Greg does is, is focused on hospitality and the, the folks on the ground with him at Matama are, are that way too. So you're going to have that kind of well-rounded hospitable experience. Absolutely. Love to hear from you. Awesome. Just, you know, hello at matamo.travel. Uh, go to our website, go. reach out, fill out a little form and non-committing is just showing the interest and it's exciting on this end to get it, and, you know, start a discussion. That's all. Just 
fun stuff. Awesome. All right, Greg. Well, it's always great to talk to you. Well, until next time. Yeah. Take care, Bob. All right. And remember, make Deanna a nice dinner tonight. Be very hospitable. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Take care. Bye. Fly like you.